0: The following is a sermon from the church at Cherrydale in Greenville, South Carolina. To learn more, visit us at tccherrydale.com. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, hear and respond to your word this morning. God, I pray as we... Look into Colossians chapter 3, those first four verses. um, It really explains the Christian life. And if we call ourselves Christians, it's really uh, our our motto for living, really. So I pray as we dig into this here in just a second that you would be uh, honored, you'd be glorified, Father, I pray that you would speak to us and I pray that when you do that we would simply just obey whatever it is that you're telling us. So God, thank you for being a good father. Thank you for being here. Thank you that we can sing songs uh, about the creator of all things that we just heard read just a moment ago. Thank you for that opportunity. Thank you for putting us here for such a time as this to honor and proclaim you in Jesus name. Amen. So, uh, one of the, one of the big things that I really enjoy doing probably more than besides hunting, probably more than anything that I get to do is sit on my back porch. And, uh, we got a really cool pergola back there, a little, little, little bonfire kind of deal, real comfortable chairs. And, uh, I hang out there A lot. Even if it's a brisk, like sprinkling, I still like to hang out on my back porch. And one of the things that I was thinking about as far as this text goes is if I could get you, just me and you, to sit on my back porch and you were to say, hey, Toby, what's the deal about Colossians chapter 3, 1 through 4? And here's how I would try to just, we're just talking, right? We're just talking, we're just hanging out. I would, I, would, I would do this one-on-one with you outside. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, um, Colossians, okay, here's ver- verse 1 says, So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Verse 3, for you died, you are to underline the word died in your Bibles. For you died... And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Uh Uh-oh. Well. um, It's supposed to be that. Can somebody help me? Matt, can you come up here and help me? Do you know how to... Hang on. I'll figure it out because I like the next screen. There we go. All right. We're on my back porch, right? And we're just hanging out. And just that like a big bird flew through? So this ver- if, if I could have this demonstration on my back porch like this, and you see these words, like when I read that text, these words fly out at me. So you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him. There's two things about this text that I think we need to understand here this morning. One, this text is unbelievable without God's spirit in you. Can't, you can't comprehend it. You can't believe it, unless God's Spirit in you. Second, it makes us change our mindsets. You have to change the way that you think when you read this text. And I think there's five things that you can kind of see. I'm just going to kind of circle these up here. You have you have God first. You have right hand, which is going to second. We're going to talk about you're dead. You've died a death. You're hidden with Christ. That's very, very important. And that he will appear. So is what this means. Jesus is coming again. And as we think about that, I want to take this, the first part, God, the very first thing that we see there, and explain that. If I were, we were just sitting on our back porch, hanging out, Colossians 3, 1, the very first part, the second part of that verse is seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, verse three, for you died, and your life is hidden in Christ, where in God, so without the truth of God, nothing again in these verses is real it 's all just religious make believe, but since we have a true God and a God who loves us, we need to be under we need to understand, just as in paul 's day, as well as Our day, there's many religious people in our churches that are make their living by playing religious make-believe. If you just watch the news, this week, a local church and another local church out west are fighting over things that are just pure evil. And they're making their living by this religious make-believe. And listen, life is way more complicated than just the simple division between those who believe in Jesus and those who don't. There's thousands, hundreds and thousands of people who um, may, may go to a church today and may know a little bit about God who might even call themselves a Christian, but really they don't believe in God. It comes close. If you were to go to Salt Lake City, it comes really close, but it's not... The same. They, they believe really in an idea of God instead of the God of Colossians 3 here that, that, that we see. They believe in the power of a, of a myth or, uh, that, and that God myth is super, super powerful and some pastors don't believe that your idea of God needs to correspond with any objective reality outside of you. What matters, they would say, is that your idea of God must have good effect on the world. Religion is valuable. The the myth is beneficial. The idea of the truth is useful if it helps you have a, uh, a, a, a healthiness or to be a tolerant person. But when you read texts like we've read today, when Paul says in verse 1 that Christ is at the right hand of God and that in verse 3 that your life is hidden with Christ in God, he does not mean that Christ is at the right hand of an idea. That Christ is not, not at the right hand of an idea or that my life is hidden with Christ in an idea. That's not what he's saying here. The God of Colossians 3 is the same God that that Steve just read about in Colossians chapter 1, 15 through 20. He's the creator of all creations. He created it for himself and by himself. And he's the creator of all things. He was before anyone had any idea whether he was there or not. And that's the God of Colossians chapter 3. He's the creator of all human minds, including those who... Imagine that he's just an idea, that he does not exist in any objective reality outside of their faults. And when we think about this God, he is real. He is intimate with his people. That's the the, the very first verse. So if you have been... It's talking to the Christian. If you have been raised with Christ, if Christ has has saved you, that's you. Thank God for that, that you have been raised with Christ. The second truth that we see here is right hand. Verse 1, second part of verse 1, seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now don't don't get this confused. Jesus is seated where? Where? At the right hand of God, right? He is seated at the right hand of God. And what's he doing? You think he's going, huh, I wonder what so-and-so is going to do today. Or I wonder about this. No, he is ruling and reigning at the right hand of God. And parents, be very careful about how you introduce your children to Jesus Jesus is not in your heart. The Spirit of God Himself is in your heart. Jesus is ruling and reigning on a throne in heaven. And we need to understand that and grasp that. Teach your kids good theology there. We don't talk about the Spirit much, but we need to talk about the Spirit. Jesus is at the right hand of God. Three things that you see in this verse. It should be up on the screen. One is this. He is above. The Bible says, Seek the things that are above where Christ is. Jesus is not just above this building. He's not just above the clouds. He's not just above the stars. He's above everything, ruling and reigning above everything. He's above all the stars, all of space. He's not partially above the created order. He is absolutely, positively above creation. That's this God of the Bible that we're talking about. For he is at the right hand of God, and he's not God's creation. He created it. Verses 15 through 20 says in first or in, in the first chapter. Not only is he above, he's at the right hand of God. We've heard as we teach through the Bible here, the disciples talking about, hey, who's gonna sit at your right hand here? Jesus is at the right hand of God. The place of highest honor and dignity and authority. Acting as God. And God acting through him. You see that in the verses that Steve read to you this morning. 1 Peter three twenty two describes the power of, of, of the right hand of God like this. He says this. He... It's at the right hand of God with angels and authorities and powers having been subjected to him. Now this Jesus that we sing about, that we talk about, all powers of the universe are under Christ. All of them. All of them. And Paul adds that this position um, it, it 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 shows us that Christ intercedes for us, and I'm thankful. Man, I am so thankful that people pray for me. Amen. That's a good thing, Christians. You should pray for your pastor. You should pray for your church. You should pray for, for 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 people that don't know God. Listen to what Romans eight tells us. This is this is a this is a grace gift. To the believer, it says this. He is at the right hand of God who indeed is interceding for us. Jesus is praying for you. Amen. Jesus is interceding for us. And thirdly, he is seated. He is seated. He is. He, it means he is on a throne. It his great, significant, saving work is finished. And that's where he's sitting. Now listen, I, Matt challenged us back in January to read the Bible through in 90 days. And I've never done that. And it stretched me big time. Now, reading through you know, Leviticus and Deuteronomy, Samuel, Chronicles, I mean, it's just like, whew, that's a lot of names. That's a lot of stuff. I don't know if you've ever done it or if you're doing it, but you should do it. Thank you, Matt, for challenging us to do that. And it's been really refreshing for me because I've gone straight through and reading, reading about Solomon's temple and Solomon's house and Solomon's throne. The Queen of Sheba walks in there and her breath was taken away when she saw the magnificence of Solomon. And I hadn't got there yet, but I've read Revelation. John saw a throne too. And John saw Jesus sitting on this throne. And that, that throne compared to Solomon's is a... It's an egg crate compared to the throne that Jesus is ruling and reigning on, that, that, that he's seated on, as this text tells us. He is, he is seated on that throne. Hebrews 1, 3 says, After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. Christ is above. He is seated at the right hand of God. So we're sort of sitting on my porch. Y'all still with me? We're on my porch. We're hanging out. See God. You see right hand. And then the third thing is dead. Death. Death. The third truth here that Paul tells the believer that's in Christ is your death. This is where the Spirit of God has to tell you this. Your death is behind you. behind you. It's already happened. And your life is not what the world thinks it is. It's hidden from the world. It's hidden from you. It's hidden with Christ in God. Look at verse 3. For you died. The worst is behind you no matter how much you'll have to suffer in this life and then eventually die. You're dead for you died, right? You're dead. The worst is behind you. Verse one. So if you have been raised with Christ, this, the resurrection that we await is as sure as the one that you've already experienced. And verse three, and your life is hidden in Christ in God. Understand this. Something here is, it's very, very important. We're hidden in Christ. Christ. If I were to take a quarter and put it in my hand, that quarter represents you, that's Jesus, and then Jesus puts it in, or you put it in your pocket, that's hidden. That's the illustration that I think of when I think of, when I think of hidden. My life is hidden in Christ, as secure as the union is with the Father and the Spirit and the Son, extremely, you are, you are so secure in Him. And if you are a believer in Christ, it's because of a little phrase in Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. It says this, For you have been buried with him in baptism, which you are also raised with him through faith and the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Now baptism, we're going to do that here in a couple of weeks. Baptism signifies by immersion in water, you're being buried, and coming out of that water, you're dead and you're buried and you rose with Christ. And Paul makes this point here in Colossians 3. Makes it very clear that that internal tool that the Spirit uses to demonstrate that is by faith. By faith I'm dead. And my life is hidden with Christ. And through that faith, that powerful working of God, I'm dead. And I've been risen with Christ. And so the worst thing that could happen to me we think is death, but really it's not. One of the greatest truths I think in the universe and for every believer who have passed from death to life, the most terrible experience of death is behind you. Now we don't live that way a lot of times because we keep resurrecting our old sinful nature we like that but no matter how horrible or whatever whatever, however I die here's how I hope I die I like to be hunting and like I get in a fight with a grizzly bear wouldn't that be a cool way to die like what happened to you he died of cancer what happened to you he was in a car wreck what happened to you I, I got in a fight with a grizzly and he won you know however horrible your death may be one day remember colossians 3 it's behind you your death is behind you and listen to this no matter how joyful your life here is in this world whatever that is it's nothing compared to what is hidden with Christ in God who as at the right hand are pleasures forevermore. Think you have a pretty good life? It's nothing compared to what is to come. It's hidden to us right now. Psalm 1611 says this, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures ever, forevermore. Now listen, church, getting a hold of this truth... And being held by it is crucial for the survival of Christians today. And we need to grab a hold of this. And we need to understand that my thriving in ministry is to others. And if I could grab a hold of these verses and let it be held, let it hold me, it changes us. It changes us. And there's two great wonders that come to my come to mind here, and that's past and future. You can hold up all the pain and all the suffering that you have. That's in your past, the uncertainties of life that's in your past, or maybe the uncertainties that's going tomorrow. You may not know something for tomorrow, And you need to understand something. Behind you is, it, the, behind you is the wonder that our death is in the past. And if our death is in the past, the worst is over. It happened on Good Friday. Jesus died the death that we should, should have had. And he did that for you. He died for you, but he died as you when he died on the cross. And so the worst thing is behind us and above us and before us is the wonder that our life is absolutely secure with Christ and God. And one day... That's going to be manifested. One day, that's going to be manifested in his glory. But in the, the in-between, and I like to call this the dash. Your dash. You have a birthday, and every one of you probably going to have a death date. But that dash, what do we do in the in-between? If we could grasp this, that I'm dead, and my life is hidden with Christ... I can understand that Colossians 3.3, your life is hidden. The glory is hidden. My death is is, is with Christ. It's hidden. The resurrection is hidden. 2 Corinthians 5.7 says we walk by faith. Faith's a big thing. Faith's a good thing. But my prayer is this, guys, for us, for my own self, for my own family, for our church family, for our pastors, our missionaries, who, who, whoever can hear this, that God would grant us what we can't see is, more, is, is greater than what we can see. The things that we cannot see would be greater than the things you really can see. And if I can understand that and grasp that, man, how much different would my life be? So God, right hand, death or dead, and fourthly, hidden. Verse 4, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. When Christ, who is your life, when he appears. Christ is here now. How many of you believe that? He's here. He's in this room. He, his spirit is, is, is moving in this room. He's here. He's, he, he's he is, he is right here. He's reigning over the world. Not a blade of grass moves without his permission. You cannot lift your finger without Christ. He's ruling. He's, he's reigning. You will live to the end of this message or not because of Christ. Christ. The elections in 2020 will happen or not because of Christ. College student, you will get married or not because of Christ. Parents, your kids will grow up or not because of Christ. When you read this and you think about He, he's, he's so much more than we think Sometimes. But oh, how hidden the presence and power of Jesus is. Think about that for a moment. Paul's saying here in this verse, in verse 4, it will not always be hidden. The power of his glory will not always be hidden. The hiddenness will come to an end. Right? We will appear with him. And all those that thought, all my friends in Salt Lake City who do not trust in Jesus, and all my friends here that have a concept of an idea that God's just this big idea and he's not real and it doesn't really matter. All those who thought, all, all those people that, hey, God's just an idea. All that matters is that power and that myth and, that, and those pleasures of, of our imagination. According to Titus 2, verse 13, all those will cry out for the mountains and for the rocks to fall on them to hide them, to make them hidden from the appearing of the glory of our great god but if you're in christ that'll be taken away because my death's already been done resurrection always done and i will appear with him where in glory i will appear with him in glory he he is coming again he will appear all the hiddenness of his presence and his power will be over forever and we will be with him in glory forever. You don't have to fool with sin and all that other stuff that we fool with. And the last one, jump back up to hidden. The fifth truth is hidden, Colossians 4. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Matthew 5:16, let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and what? Glorify God in heaven. Now no one did more good deeds than Jesus. Nobody did. And only a handful of people glorified God because of Jesus. They killed him. They murdered him. And we shouldn't expect any better. 1 Peter 4:12 tells us, don't be surprised when those fiery trials come your way. Think it not strange that those things are happening to you. It's not strange. It's a part of the hiddenness of his glory. It's not strange. You shouldn't, shouldn't count it strange. Seek to reflect the glory of God now. You have to. We have to. In our everyday lives, we have to say, is this going to bring God glory but how defeated would we be if we would think, hey, this is my real life now. This is my best life now, whatever. This measure of holiness, this measure of purity, this measure of Godwardness, this measure of, uh, of, of whatever. This is the real me. And if you're like me, you go, man, I probably don't do so great <laughs> in those things. That this is what my measure was i'm sure it's not anywhere close to what god wants that measure this is the real me and really you got to think about it that's not the real you not according to this verse or these verses that's not the real you when when christ who is your life the creator of your life the the sustainer of your life the the redeemer of your life the satisfier of your life when he appears, then and only then, will you, will, you'll see who you really are. Jesus takes that place. He is your life. And the God of Colossians 3 is wanting us to understand this today. He's our life. How do we know that? Matthew thirteen forty three says, you will shine like the sun when you appear with him in glory. So when Jesus comes, I'm going to shine like the sun. So all my best efforts, not going to it, it, it doesn't make me right. But my relationship with God the Father through his son does. And when Christ is our life, we're going to appear with him in glory. So what does that look like? Paul tells us this in Colossians 3, 1 through 4, he says, he he calls us to have a have a mindset. Do you see it? He calls us to have a ha, have a have a mindset, uh, a, a change of our minds. Look at verse 2. Set your what? Minds. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Set my mind on things above, not on earthly things. I believe what Paul means by this. Are those five circled words right there? Set my mind on God. Understand that He's at the right hand of God. I'm dead. My life is hidden with Christ, and then when He comes, I'm going to appear with Him. That's what I think, Paul. I think that's what Paul is telling us here. That's that's the things that are above, where He's seated. He, I'm going to appear, but but there's a problem. I think in translating. Some of Paul's stuff, set your minds, in verse 2. You know, I can set my mind on something and then change it, (laughs) right? We do it all the time. I can set my mind on something and change it. uh, you, You can set your mind on something and dislike it, right? We do it all the time. We do it with, hey, I used to like this. No, I don't. But this goes back, and Rodney will remember this, one of my first sermons that i ever preached when we were at gardner Webb well was let this mind be in you which is also in christ jesus you remember that he probably could quote it we preached it a hundred times 10 different places i mean a bunch of times and that's what he's saying in philippians 2 let this mind be in you which is also in christ jesus we got to have a a mindset that it's an attitude this my temperament this way of thinking and feeling and responding that Christ had. And when I take on Christ's temperament and his mindset, I'm a different person. You're a different person. You're walking with Jesus. If you're really walking with Jesus, you're a different person. And I think that's what the idea here that Paul's trying to tell us. He's telling us to be shaped by my thinking. Be be shaped by my emotions or my attitudes and my responses, my, my preferences and people and entertainment and the things that I do. Be shaped by those truths that are above. Let God shape me by those things that you see on that screen, the, the, the truths of God. And he's seated at the right hand in my life, my true life. Listen, your true life is hidden in Christ, in God. My death is behind me and I'm going to appear with him in glory. I think that's what he's talking about here. Let your see let your way of seeing the world your street the people you work with the thinking about the people you work with the world feeling about your neighbors let it shape you and be governed by those truths that we see in this text and then finally I think Paul points us to a pathway that leads us to that mindset how do I change my mind how do I do do that so if you have been raised with Christ seek the things above seek the things above this is the mindset that, that we should be shaped by those things I've got to seek them I've got to run after them. I've got to chase them down. I've got to grab them. I've got to. I've got to look at them. I've got to. I, I've got to want to know those things. I've got to want to understand those things. Be shaped by that. Now, listen to me, church. This is not passive. You hear me? This is not passive. When I go to the zoo, and I like going to the zoo. I'm going to take Willa to the zoo one day. I've promised her that for her whole life. (laughs) When you go to the zoo and you see a caged lion there, what do you think? Man, that lion's living his best life now, isn't he? He ain't got to hunt. He ain't got to... He ain't got to do nothing. He just sits there and somebody throws him some steak or a cat or whatever and he just goes to town, right? It's sad to see those caged animals. And you know what the church has? We have a lot of caged Christians. We're comfortable in our little boxed lives that we're very just, huh, it's safe in here. Listen, I don't want to be a caged Christian. It's the same way, I don't want to look at this passively. No one gains the mindset of God in heaven and the Lord passively. You either seek it or you don't have it. You seek it like he's he's telling us or you just don't have it. And we need to be very aware here. That the only seeking that succeeds is the seeking by those who are dead. And only, and the only seeking of life hidden with Christ in God is the seeking by those whose life is hidden with God. You're not seeking to make the death or life happen. It's already happened. You're seeking because they have happened in your lives. This has already happened. Colossians 3, verse 3 you have died, meaning his great saving work is finished. Verse 1 you have been raised. You're not seeking this death. That's already behind you. You're not seeking this resurrection. It's already behind you. You have died. You are raised. That's the basis of your seeking. You're seeking him because that has happened. Not the object of my seeking. And if you are still with me on my back porch, do like this? Some of you are. Andrew is. I would tell you, if somebody were to say, hey, what is the Christian life? Somebody explain to me the Christian life. I'd go to Colossians 3, 1 through 4. And I'd say, that's the Christian life. I've been raised with Christ. I seek the things that are above. Where I know God. I set my minds on things above. Not on these earthly things. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, and you will also appear with him in glory. That's a Christian life. I'm dead. I've been raised. I'm seeking. Not passively. I'm seeking like a wild animal. That lion at the zoo should be roaming around, killing gazelles. Christians, we should be running around with praying for opportunities to shine like Jesus. Don't be a caged Christian. Be a free, you are a free Christian because death, resurrection is over. And when he takes his hiddenness off of us and he does appear in his glory, how glorious that will be to understand that. Would you bow your heads for a second? Now, to the Christian, this is, you get that. It's probably like a pep speech to you. And good, I hope it it was. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'd love to show you what the God of the Bible says about that. If that's you, Lenny and the band's going to sing some songs. I'm going to be in the back. There'll be some other pastors in the back. I'd love to take you through the scriptures of what this God and how much this God of the Bible loves you. Maybe today, God's pierced your heart and you're not seeking like you should. You're not living like you should. I don't think you've got to talk to anybody but God. You seek Him, you pursue Him and get that right as we sing let it be a praise unto Jesus that we get to hear and respond to the word God thank you for this time that we could be together thank you for the opportunity of uh, just loving us and being able to to be here in your presence God I pray as uh, Lenny and these guys sing that we would just continue to worship not out of obligation but out of understanding that we're hidden with you with Christ in God God I pray you continue to change our lives continue to encourage our souls and Lord we love you in Jesus name